Well, today I am here with internationally renowned paranormal investigator Barry Fitzgerald. You know, Barry and I had the pleasure of meeting last year at Contact in the Desert, along with his investigator partner in crime, Steve Mara. And I will never forget how extraordinarily fascinating our conversation was. We discussed so many things on the paranormal and supernatural front. I don't think we left one stone unturned during that chat that had to last in excess of at least two hours. So I'm delighted to be back in touch with you, Barry, where today you're going to give us a taste of what it's like to be a UFO investigator. In fact, you'll be giving a comprehensive training course along with Steve on just that at the upcoming Conscious Life Expo next month in Los Angeles. And you know, this I'd say is somewhat unique, offering a training intensive on how to investigate the UFO phenomenon. I mean, this whole ET UFO enigma has to be one of the most complex and confounding aspects of a reality to begin with. Let me ask you, how does one start his or her investigation into such a mysterious phenomenon? What are the essential tools we need to be using to get started with this? Well, first of all, Alexis, um, you know, a lot of people will say to me, what is, what, what's my favorite gadget for going out into the field to investigate? Personally, it's me. Um, as long as I'm as long as I'm centered, um, and I understand the, the food that I've consumed, I understand what I have what I have drank, um, and how that can affect the body. Um, I give that enough time to get through the body and and, 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 and remove itself, um, and uh, and that isn't going to hinder the signals that I'm getting, in which I rely on. Then the equipment can come in after that. Now, of course, I, I'm coming from from the paranormal aspect. You know, I've, I've been involved with with paranormal research now for, for for nearly, in fact, over 30 years now. It's making me feel old. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but from my perspective, you know, I, I'm coming into and coming into a field along with uh, with Steve Mira, um, and and Steve was very uh, primarily based within within the UFO aspect. Um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing the same things. But just we're, they're being interpreted differently, and um, so when we strip back those masks, um, and, uh, and 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 we look at the phenomena at a, at a, at, a, at its basic level, that's when we started making the connections. Mm-hmm. We said, wait a minute, this is the same thing, and the and the the, the people and um, the Aborigines from Australia, the Zulu from South Africa, um, you know, the Celts themselves, um. We're all experiencing the same thing, and mm-hmm. um, we're just interpreting it differently. Or is it, or is it that the mask itself is deliberately deceiving us, so that we don't connect the dots? That's but interesting. But either way, mm-hmm. now the dots are being connected, and that's what we're bringing forward in this new uh, UFO course, the UITC. And um, this is an amalgamation of all the relevant, up-to-date information that we have. Uh, which is including satellite images and um, new technology and um, how we're addressing this new idea of, of researching not o- only ufology, but other aspects such as cryptozoology and, and the paranormal. And we're pulling it all together into the one package. Hmm. That's interesting. A couple of comments I'd like to make, Barry, with regard to, um, well, first, uh, the approach, not only the approach to how you're going about this, I, I love the way you're doing this, you're really getting the individual and the individual's consciousness involved in the investigation. We talked about yes. that offline. Um, but uh-huh. also, oh, my gosh, I lost my train of thought. 
I completely, it just <laughs> left me just like that. Oh, I know what it was. It didn't go too far. It's right here. I have really been trying to get my arms around this whole idea of people wanting to separate not just the investigation of you, you the, the field of ufology versus the paranormal, but the whole idea that they are disparate, uh, separate phenomena in and of themselves, meaning people that tend to uh, support or part of that are part of the field of ufology tend to not want to lump it into the paranormal, where I happen to think that it all comes under the realm of at least anomalous phenomenon. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just I can't reconcile yeah. that. And it sounds like you're trying to bring that together, which is a good thing. But why do you think so many people, and I would dare say people more so in the, the field of ufology, don't want to be lumped under the, the category of paranormal? Oh, believe me, there's, there's many people in all the different camps that, that would prefer to see it um, um, separated and, and remain separated. But that's not the case. The What we're looking at here is the data. And the data itself is saying, no, this is connected. And we are showing the connections. Now, those connections themselves, as you, as you just uh, indicated there, there is some strange almost conscious connection mm -hmm. with the observer and this phenomena as it unfolds in front of us. And that, that in itself has been quite remarkable. And, and certainly um, from my own experiences, to be in the field and then suddenly you have this connection. And sometimes that connection can be very, very unsettling. Um, where other times it can, be, it can be quite a joy to experience this, this communication almost. But there is there is a definite what I what I get all the, all the time repeatedly um, during my research is that there is a guiding element to whatever this is behind that veil, um, and uh, and and that has a has a guiding element to to the work that I do. Now people will say, well, you know, you got to be careful with that. Believe me, coming from the world of the paranormal, there is so much deceit within the paranormal mm -hmm. with these things behind the veil that, that will tell you and promise you that they're this whenever it turns out over the course of time they're completely something different. Um, I have given this a very, very long time to see where it's going to fall, where it trips up, and it has not. It has stayed true. And, uh, and the research that is being brought forward by this guiding element is absolutely staggering hmm guiding element you're saying when you when you speak of a guiding element are you speaking that some about something that is a singular force that may be behind all of this phenomena or are there different guides depending on you know guiding elements different elements depending on what we're talking about yeah there are different elements and that that's where it gets tricky um because if, if you look at, at the elements, say, for instance, we, we, we for, for a moment, we examine um, aspects of, of the paranormal within, within the Middle East, for instance, there are aspects there that can be exceptionally detrimental to, to the human that interacts with this. And, and, and sometimes that interaction can be whether you like it or not. Um, and, and most times it's not. It's not what we want. But that interaction will occur, um, and 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 then you've got other aspects within, for instance, the par or the ufology, where you will have these these elements of, 
of, of beings that will present themselves, um, such as the Nordics, for instance, mm-hmm. these, these tall beings with beautifully white skin and blue eyes um, and not a blemish in their hairline whatsoever. Um, yet, yet using the ability that we all possess of remote viewing, there was an element of superb remote viewing uh, prowess um, and research that was conducted in America into these aspects of the Nordics, which didn't get out into the mainstream, which showed us that there was a different element to these, um, which were not all, as we call it in the in the uh, um, in the in, in the New Age, love and light. And mm. um, so, you know, there always is this element that we have to be careful, and um, we we gotta test this communication. Um, and we cannot accept the first thing that comes along. Right. Um, that has been shown time and time again. This stuff has got to prove itself. We cannot take time into our, our face value. Um, and uh, and that is imperative. Do you think it needs to prove itself is really the oh, one I'm, of the I'm, questions? Yes. Absolutely. Do you think if maybe the question is, do you think it feels the need? <laughs> That's really what I'm asking. Do you think it feels the need? Because look, I mean, we're talking about again, you and I were talking offline, and we were talking about the, the, the myriad of species that seem to be out there and interacting with us. And, and therefore, a spectrum of motivations, some benevolent, some malevolent, some maybe neutral. And so I would imagine, Barry, that those who I, I don't know if they would consider themselves malevol- malevolent, but don't have our best interest at heart. Do they feel the need to prove themselves or, 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 no, or come clean? They, they, they do not, um, Alexis. This is the thing. Mm. Um, all, all three camps will come forward to us not, not thinking that they need to prove themselves. But they do. And they do. Because if they remain behind this veil, well, you know, we're limited by our, by our six senses. Right. Um, and... Uh, and they got to come forward. They got to prove themselves. Um, you know, you know, we're not going to go into a, into a war zone and uh, and and try and, and and speak to our enemy in mm. a dark room. Right. And that that ain't going. And uh, we got we got to have fa- a face off. Right. Um, hmm. uh, and it's got to be proven. And um, you know, there has to be an element of trust that is built. Um, and without the trust, trust. You know, you know yourself. In this modern age, trust is is given out willy nilly, um, and it shouldn't be. Trust needs to be earned, and and that's the same within this particular realm. It needs to be earned, mm. and they need to earn. They need to earn our trust, and I'm not I'm not going on an egotistical rant there. I'm saying that for us to work with these, so that we don't fall and continually stumble, as we've seen time and time again, there needs to be trust built between both. Between so, both. Well, that's the key. And as you're, you're yes. making some very good points, Barry, but I'm also thinking in terms of proving oneself uh, to the other yes. camp, if you will, I'm uh-huh. sure that they're thinking the same of us, you know, somehow we've got to meet in the middle. We, we need to prove ourselves and, and, and earn their trust. I would imagine. I would think that it's got to work both ways. And yet perhaps their perspective is so much broader than ours on what that would entail. So it gets very complex and sticky, I would say. Oh, it, it, it does indeed, uh, especially whenever we start looking at the facts and everything else, you know, we start we start seeing that, you know, this element of of a, of a magician's hand, if you like, that, that, that's going on in which, you know, we're, we're always tantalized by this light in the sky and um, this element of, of 
of a flashy something, something flashy that, that, that catches our attention. And But we fail to recognize that the magician has two hands. And we need to watch what the other hand is doing. Mm. We need to be very aware of the other hand. And that hand, I assure you, from the research and everything that we have done, is much closer to earth than we would like to be comfortable with. A lot of people feel that way. I happen to be one of them. Go, mm-hmm. This is going into, <clears throat> do they walk amongst us? Uh, or Indeed. maybe it's a definitive statement, they walk amongst us. I've talked to enough people. I've had my own experiences in which I've at least questioned, is this person human? Am I, am I really looking at what yeah. I think I'm looking at here? Well, I have to tell you, this is going into a completely different direction than I had planned. But you know what? You know what they say, when people plan, God laughs. <laughs> or maybe they're laughing saying, we want you to take it in this direction. I think this is substantive. I want to keep going with this if, if we can. And maybe I'll get to work yes. in some of the other questions. Yes. I'm loving your approach, by the way, Barry. You know, at, at first blush, Thank when you. I saw that you would be doing a training course on how to investigate UFOs, I'll be frank, I immediately thought, okay, technology advances in technology and software and all of the left brain stuff that one might think goes into this but where you're going right out right out of the gate here is bringing in the element that i think is probably the most important and that's the consciousness aspect yes. along yes. with logic yes, and analysis there has to be a balance yes. there the, the course itself is designed to bring back balance into our investigation ah. because we are living in, 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 a, in, a, in a society and an environment in which is com- it's completely out of balance and um, you know we've got we've, as you rightly said you know there are many different pieces of software technology and everything else that serves to keep us locked in our left hand hemisphere absolutely um, but but to be to, to do this work properly and fairly and balanced we need to also have a foot in the right hand hemisphere yes. um, so we need we need to find that balance and bring ourselves back into that balance and uh, and that in itself has been a, a tremendous trip for me um, you know you know my my forte moved from 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 the paranormal into into this Irish mythology and folklore um, back here on the island and you know and, and into this element of of the doorways of the ancient gods and these doorways that led to the world of the gods that our ancestors left behind some five and a half six thousand years ago that are still there today, um, and 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 some of them, some of them are, are are actually very detrimental to human to the humans who visit, um, and uh, and that in itself we have to be very very careful of. Mm. Um, but my investigation has taken me through that route and into ufology, um, and uh, and and through that I have definitely saw the need to keep a foot in both the left and right hemisphere. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. You couldn't be better stated in terms of this uh, incredible imbalance of, of you know, left and right. And I, I heard someone saying that that long ago. You know, uh, we, we were not given both left and right hemispheres of the brain for them not to be used in tandem with one another. So let's get to it. Uh, uh-huh. but what, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, though, what happens, what happens in a modern society you know, when, when we get down and look at it, what do we do with, what what does the West do with their shaman? We lock them up. Yes. And we feed them medication. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that, that we really need to reconsider this. Um, and I have I've seen it here, I've seen it here in Ireland, where the children go through this, this 
process where where they they do go through a challenge, a spiritual challenge, and I have seen this, and it can be heart wrenching for the parents. Um, but this this will pass, and it does pass, and those children come out the other side. They hmm. are our shaman. Yeah, they are, and we have allowed them to come through and to come through that graduation, if you like, that spiritual graduation out the other side, and they are spectacular. So you think you're, are you seeing more of that, those success stories, Barry, with these children? Because yes. of course we hear so much about these kids that are fed Ritalin because they are, uh, have shamanistic qualities, not recognized, yeah. of course. Are, yeah. So is that tide shifting, you think? It, it, it definitely is for us here in Europe, where we're definitely seeing that change. Huh. Um, and, uh, you know, when when we, we were now seeing even 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 a particular change in the treatment say for schizophrenia and yeah. um, within with inland europe we're seeing now um not a not necessarily a, a need to 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 pump the patient full of full of drugs to sedate the problem it never fixes the problem um but what we're seeing now is is a working uh, a therapy that that's taking over now which is allowing the people to work with those voices and they're coming out the other side as genuine, balanced people who do not need medication after it's done. Right. Um, and and, and that, that in itself speaks volumes. Join us for the 17th annual Conscious Life Expo, February 22nd through the 25th in Los Angeles. This is the largest consciousness event of its kind, with 200 exhibitors and over 150 lectures, workshops, and special events. Hear from leading speakers and teachers, including Marianne Williamson, David Wilcock, Anita Morjani, Nassim Harriman, Eric Von Daniken, Linda Moulton Howe, and Deborah King. Visit ConsciousLifeExpo.com to secure your place for the transformational event of the year. This is this is completely fascinating, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how to pull all this together. I mean, we've gone from the modern form or the the, the the form of investigating UFOs and the paranormal to mental illness to shaman to new children to how are these all connected, Barry? <laughs> and I know they are. Oh, it's, it's all it's all connected, and really, what it comes back down to is. For for me, anyhow, you know, look, looking on at, at this, for me, I, I definitely see strong connections between what we consume as 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 a population, our food, and what we what we drink, can influence us in ways spiritually that we're not even aware of in the modern sense. Mm. Refined sugar, refined sugar is the biggest villain of them all, uh, because that in itself shuts down the body's fight or flight if we take enough refined sugar would say within a within a soda drink or something like that and that can shut down our fight or flight so therefore if we're moving into an investigation we can no longer tell if what we're seeing is from a feeling perspective we can no longer tell if that is right or if that is wrong because we've just blinded ourselves by the consumption of refined sugar Steve Mara first told me that when I was actually over in the UK with him during our interview. That's something that I was uh -huh. not aware of. Now we know that refined sugars is not good for us from a from a healthy perspective or from a health perspective. But what you're saying is that this has the ability, like so many other things, to dull the senses essentially and to dull that uh, fight yes. or flight, which is uh, necessary at times. 
Yeah. It, it is it is very necessary because that that in itself that's that inner voice that we need to listen to. You know, seventy five percent of homes are 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 sold. Real estate agents will will, will agree with this. Seventy five percent of homes are sold on feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, a person walks into the house and goes, "Oh, I like this," even though they say no, see nothing that stimulates it. It'll just be, "Oh, I like this. It feels nice." Mm-hmm. What is that feeling? That is what the fight or flight governs. Mm-hmm. And if we have refined sugar, we can we 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 don't know. And yet there are other places that we walk into, and no doubt you you've been there yourself. You know, maybe your friends have been rowing or something, or they've had a fight, and you walk into that air, and you know, oh, something's something's off here. Absolutely. What is that? How are we picking that up? Now we understand. Now we understand through biofeedback tests within the laboratory that the body is exceptionally capable of of picking. This information of outside, it's an exterior stimulus that the body processes through the largest organ in the body, the skin. The skin. That was what I was going to bring up next. We have to talk about that, the skin. Oh, yes. Oh, boy, I'm loving this. There's some, <laughs> there's some homework to do for a lot of folks out there in the audience, me included. Refined sugar and, uh, you know, minimizing that in our diet and going back to, again, your partner in crime, Steve Mira, also elaborated on on that, that the skin being sort of a, I kind of distilled it as almost being an oracle in a way, or it, at a minimum, a spiritual interface between us and the environment. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, boy, where do I go from here? I'm looking, oh boy, <laughs> this is just, this is something else. So would it be fair to say that the things that we're talking about, even though we're going in a slightly d- different direction than I had um, anticipated, will you be elaborating on this in, in your course, in the training, on, on the things that we're talking about? Oh, yes, we, we absolutely will. Um, and uh, and we're also going to be looking at at the use of new technology, such as our satellites. Let's talk about that to for a minute. Tar- yeah. Okay. Um, we're using our satellites to target specific areas around the planet. No longer does the person have to throw a dart at a map and think, okay, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, now we can pinpoint hotspot areas more likely to be fruitful than other areas. Um, and we can see, we, we can see through, the, through the research um, and the facts that we're pulling together, um, for instance, I'll, I'll give you one one instance of, of a location in southern Scotland, um, of which there are two anomalies, and this is the smaller anomaly, in which we have, we also find um, um, uh, animal mutilation, mm. strange deaths, um, UFO abductions, um, dogmen who are also reported there, um, and, uh, and i got to say, one of the strangest things which is on the edge of this anomaly, is is a place as a Neolithic passage chamber, um, and this this was a this was a stone a stone um, chamber that was built um, five six thousand years ago, even longer is quite possible, and it's called Cairn Papal Hill. Now Cairn Papal Hill was was a, it was a circled in the, in this high ramp um, a, a ring of of earth, and then on top of that they all also placed um, posts and put up a fence. Now, I have it on record from historical Ireland, or sorry, historical Scotland, because we also share something similar here in Ireland, in that the ring fort was not to protect the Neolithic passage chamber from us, 
It was to protect us from what was coming out of the passage chamber. The passage chamber is the doorway to the gods. And there we're back to the gods again. Um, and uh, and that in itself, you know, we find these locations within these areas. And we're using the maps now to pinpoint the, these areas. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have, we have, we have the, the positive anomalies and we also have the negative anomalies. Now, we haven't delved too much into the negative anomalies. But there is a there is a strange side effect that seems to occur within the negative anomalies um, that the research is suggesting, because seventy percent of all top the, the the world's top suicide locations all appear in these negative anomalies. Mm-hmm. Not, not only the suicide locations, but also places that were historically known for uh, um, um, sacrifice were also within the these key areas and wow. um, so there is a strange connection that this planet has on us that um, and, and not only us but what's utilizing these particular anomalies exactly the likes yeah. of the likes of for instance uh, in brazil we had the Calaris incident um, where people were being shot and some people died from these ufos that that rose from the ocean and and and, and beamed light into these people and burnt them People were there. Was, people were killed, and people were being attacked. Um, and this, whenever we went back and looked at this, this mapping system, sure enough, right off the coast of Calaris is one of these key areas. Yeah. Going back at the historical accounts, we can now see that there are some uh, um, factors here that we never considered in the past. This is really explosive what you're doing. And by the way, I am somewhat familiar with the mapping uh, system that you're speaking of because it was shared with me yeah. offline, actually, by <laughs> by Mr. Mira. And I, I think this is something that uh, this is this is uh, you're driving something very important. And uh, and, you know, there, there may be quite a few people out there that are factions, let's say, that may not want us to be aware of that, to have a heads up of areas that are more uh, likely to be. Um, Oh, let's just say busy from a negative standpoint, particularly. I don't know, but this is this is huge. Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely huge. Um, gosh, we're gonna have to close this down, and I can't even. I can't believe we this time just flew. I think we were talking out of time here. It just we. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to have to have you back, Barry. Of course, we're going to see okay. each other out at, at uh, Conscious Life Expo in February. But I'm so glad, again, that this conversation went in this direction. Because, again, you know, as I was looking at the, the, the syllabus for, for the training, I thought, well, this is interesting for those that are interested in UFO investigation. But I dare say, this is something that I think we all, even those of us that have a passive interest in the subject, need to hear what you have to say. Because this is about us. And I, it, it really is. It really is. And and as I said to you offline, I feel that all of this has some measure of self-discovery involved. And certainly the way you're taking this, that is uh, that's what will happen. Discovering our capability, really, of which is vast. Uh, that, that's really what it's about. And, and it, it really is to shed and, and shine a light on something which possibly we may have we may have ignored in the past. Right. Absolutely. Well, I know you're just getting started with this. I have to tell you, I, I did not get to probably 90% of the things I wanted to ask you, but I'm grateful <laughs> that, it, that it went in this direction. 
I want uh, everyone to have a look at this training course that both Barry Fitzgerald and Steve Merrill will be offering at the Expo. And I'll be sure to have a link that will take you right there where you can learn more. Um, but again, I, I just want to thank you for this very, very brief, but I would say a proper teaser <laughs> for people to look into this more. I hope they, I hope they will. And uh, I think I'm going to be sitting on, in on this myself. So Barry Fitzgerald. Well, thank you, Alexis. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you as well. And as always, I thank everyone for tuning in to Higher Journeys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.